Empire. Hello and welcome to another live stream edition of the John Carr Report. Do me a favor, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching us live, you're watching us YouTube later, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E, you know that. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And now, as you can see, if you're watching, Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commander, is joining me. Um, Bram, they can now become members. So you get all this good stuff for free, and then you can get a little bit more, whether you want it of me or not. You can get a lot more. And I have more to give, folks. So there are different tiers. If you want to join, go to the YouTube page. There's a little button that says join, and you can do that. Mike Stewart, shout out Mike Stewart, a YouTube member. Blaine Bowling was our first gold member. Um, so there you go. Blaine's joining us now. So anyway, go there, check it out. A lot of extra content. I think this is going to be a year where you're going to want a lot more. And there's good stuff planned. So sign up, you know, and we'll keep it rolling. So got anything to add on that, Bram? Yeah, I just, um, you know, we get a lot of people asking about the tiers and all that stuff. Uh, there are three tiers to it. One is mainly for you're joining the club. You'll have some, you know, extra access than you would. The second tier, John's going to be producing a lot of videos that are going to be for members only, chat only, stuff like that. And then the third tier, the one, you know, that that um, the, the highest member, the gold members, um, what we do plan to do this year we had done this before in the past, but I want to revisit it now, especially with the draft, how important this draft is, everything that's changing. We're going to do some live shows again. And when we do do the live shows, it's going to be a member's invite. So, and if you are a gold member, uh, we will invite you to come to those shows and we'll tell you where they are. And we may not disclose that to the rest of the public, but we want, right. you know, the members who join that level to come with us. So, you know, it, it's a, it's really a thank you for joining us. You'll get to work with us in person. You'll get to see the show taped in person, intermingle with us, all of that stuff. So we really, more than anything, we really, really appreciate all of the support. And um, it's really exciting, obviously what's going on here. And so we want to get people on board and, and uh, show that, you know, we've got more content to come this year. Right. And I think, you know, there's things that there would be some more things that we can even do for all of that, those tiers. So, you know, um, we want to make it worth your while. So, but Bram, what they want to know now too, is the coaching search. Yeah. So the, the latest, really the latest is that they're going to like, they're going to be talking to all these same people that they interviewed virtually. Just understand that now mm -hmm. what day it is and all that. Okay, we'll we'll find that out eventually. But they're going to be going up to Detroit next week to talk to Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson. They can talk to uh, in Baltimore next week Anthony Weaver, Mike McDonald, the wrestle, and like Dan Quinn. I know there was nothing scheduled yet, but the plan was to bring him in this week. And then same with Raheem Morris, Bobby Slowick, guys like that. So that's where we're at with that. Bram, I mean, like I think. When I talk to people in the league, I think they feel like it's going to go to Ben Johnson. Yeah. Not official, but that's where if people putting their money down, that's where it would go. Do you, what, is that kind of where you'd put your money? Yes. Um, and I felt that way from the get go that yes. this was the top candidate. I will say this. Um, and you've talked a lot about this and I agree with this. Like Adam Peters was the person they had targeted for a long time. It didn't mean he was going to take the job, but it became very clear very quickly that he wanted it as well. So that it was a good marriage. And so I described that as that was a slam dunk. Mm -hmm. um, this one isn't like, I think this year in particular, 
there are an array and spectrum of really, really strong candidates that feels a little unusual this time around. So um, I think that they are a little more open-minded to being surprised by some of the conversations that they have. That said, I do believe that Ben Johnson has been the prime target. And as we're watching everything kind of materialize around the league and we could talk about it, like it appears as if it's the best option for him too. Like, you know, if you watch what's happened, like Carolina clearly has signaled they're very interested in finding a prime target and his name keeps popping up down there as well. Well, what did they just do? They did an internal hire of a general manager, right? And I'm not casting any aspersions on Dan Morgan. I don't really know much about him, but we lived this. When you have an owner who's interjecting himself in a way that David Tepper has been interjecting himself, and we had that with Daniel Snyder, um, when you don't literally make a outside change and bring in the voices, perceptually, it looks like that he has just internally promoted somebody and he's going to remain really heavily invested in all the decision-making. So if you're Ben Johnson and you're looking around at like what these uh, opportunities are and you know, maybe there's more money in Carolina. Maybe there isn't, but like, if you're looking at where can I go where I'm going to have the autonomy to do what I need to do, I don't know how you would compare the two organizations right now, perceptually. So to me, it feels like this is as things are kind of closing up, does what does Seattle do? I don't really know. What are the Falcons doing it? Like, it appears like they're trying to get Belichick. We'll see if it works out. Now you're running out of spots that are actually open and the patience that the commanders have for this, I think should pay off if Johnson truly is the prime target. But I do think, and, and I know you'll agree with this. I know they're open to other candidates as well. Oh, d- most definitely. And I think you have to be because to me, you make a mistake. If you go in there with a favored candidate and then you just say like, well, you, you have to allow yourself to be blown away by somebody else. The Steelers, I always go back to them. They did that with Mike Tomlin. Others were viewed as a favor going into that process, including Russ Grimm. And then Tomlin, quote unquote, blew him away. And they got the job and they got the right guy for the job. You have to allow for that. What if Mike McDonald comes in? There's like, you know what? I really, you know, I was hoping that Ben Johnson would be the guy because you got a quarterback, blah, blah. But man, Mike McDonald just blew us away. <clears throat> then you've got to go that way. Because it's not just about getting the best offensive guy. It's about getting the the right guy. Now, the one thing I'll say, there are a couple things, Bram. One, like, I don't don't see how a guy in his position goes to Carolina. It's just, they can throw money, but they can't, like, the money, is it going to be that different from somewhere else? What you can't give them is security, because Tepper is, there's no way anybody can think that he would, because he hasn't. And and like, is the setup there conducive to winning? I, I think it's going to be conducive to winning here. So I just think that it's, a, I just think Carolina to me is the worst job out there. Seattle always has felt like Dan Quinn. Um, I agree. You know, Harbaugh going out West, Belichick to the Falcons, all that makes sense. Right. Titans have hired, thing- Patriots have hired. There aren't many, Patriots have hired. There really aren't that many spots left anymore. Suddenly, and there are an array of good candidates that are out there. Right. And so just to finish the thought, the one thing um, with, with, with Ben Johnson, the way I've looked at it, like he, if he, he is the guy that you want because, you know, offensive mind quarterback picking at two, get a guy that can work with him, but he's got to be the right guy. He's got to communicate well and all that. Well, he has a reputation for doing that. So as long as he shows that you has those skills, 
then it's like, why would you then go somewhere else? Because he's, as long as he, you know, we know he's a good play caller, doesn't make a great head coach. But if you have these other skills, the vision, the communication, the leadership, now you can be a good head coach in addition to a play caller. You know, the other thing that happened the other day, I, I mean, you know, listen, we go to these press conferences. I wasn't at this, obviously. It was in Detroit. And I th- everybody saw this clip where, um, where Ben Johnson, before the Tampa Bay game, was asked about jobs. And he gave a typical answer, which is I'm focused on the game, which is what you're supposed to say. But then he was asked specifically about Adam Peters. And he couldn't help but say these, like, very glowing things. And the reality is, like, when you, you and I both know this, these guys can't hold it back all the time. Like they can say, you know what? Like it was so obvious that the feeling is mutual just off of that 20 second clip of saying how fabulous he thinks Adam Peters is that I think we've all known that like, while this one isn't a slam dunk, it feels like a layup and it kind of has been in the works for a long time. And you know, the longer Detroit goes, the longer we have to wait. But if that's the guy that you want, then you wait for them. I agree with you. There are other candidates I'm very interested in. What Mike McDonald is doing in Baltimore and off of that, the way that that organization has played, I want to have a very serious conversation with him about, about how he would see team building too, because clearly they're doing something really right there. And the other one is Raheem Morris. I mean, there's just so many positive things around the league that are said about him. It would be a second go around. I don't know if you saw Les Snead, the GM of the Rams and what he said, he went on a three minute monologue about how this guy needs to get another opportunity and I, I like to me, like he's another one that I want to hear about what that second interview in person is like with him. I am open to the idea that they're going to really like him. So I think there are really, really, really good options here. But I do think in the end that Ben Johnson is clear cut number one and someone's going to have to wow them to make them change their mind. Right. And, you know, the one thing with Raheem, too, I've heard a lot of good things is Obviously, I know a lot of people who either played for him or coached with him from when he was here. And so you hear a lot of good insight on him. It's not just Les Snead trying to get his guy a job and, you know, trying to get, you know, a, a draft pick in return or whatever, you know, from the NFL rules. It's a legit, there is legit praise for him. I will also say, and the one guy that I hear the most praise about, Bram, is Dan Quinn. Yep. And I know people just don't seem to want him, and that's fine. I don't, I'm not saying they should want him. I'm not saying he'd be a great hell coach. I'm just saying when I talk to people, that's the guy they rave about the most. Now, part of that is like with Ben doesn't have the track or the excel of him as far as having his own staff and having had all that, right? But I hear a lot of good things about him from people who have worked with him. So it's not even about that. Um, but I do think I'm with you. Like if if I'd want to learn about Ben McDonald and someone, you know, asked here, Mike did about, you know, if they want to be like the Ravens, do you go get McDonald to, as the coach? Well, you don't, you don't have to take their people to try and it really, when you people talk about like, they want to be like an organization doesn't mean they want everybody from that organization. It means you want to, how do they set up a, a structure conducive to winning? What is their, how are they, how, what is their power structure? How, what is the vision and what is the communication level at all levels? And, it's that kind of stuff. It's not just getting somebody from there. It's not just like, oh, they have Lamar Jackson. Let's go get Jaden Daniels. It's not like that. It's like, what do they do structurally that leads to that kind of winning, sustained winning? And now, the other thing too, like, and this is the very, very, very important part of all this. 
who are they bringing with them as their staff? Right. Like, and, and that's the, those are the things I can't answer with either Johnson or McDonald for that matter. But I want to know this, like, just go look at what's happening in Philadelphia right now. As it turned out, they had two extremely high-level coordinators in that, you know, couple of years under Nick Sirianni. Both of them got head coaching jobs. Jonathan Gannon goes to Arizona. Shane Steichen goes to Indianapolis. I don't know what happened this year. It's the most curious thing, I think, in the NFL, how that they completely crumbled and fell apart. But there's a lot of blame going around, and the coordinators, at least on one side of the ball, are part of it. So... Who you bring in and who your staff is, and I know Joe Gibbs would agree with this, who you bring in to be the people that work under you that are doing the detailed work in the room every single day matters as much to me as the hiring itself. Like, not only does this person have to be a good leader, good communicator, good motivator, good organizer, all of that stuff, the people below him need to be strong communicators and coaches as well. Correct. So that's what I want to know from, from really both who I feel like are the top two candidates, Johnson. And McDonald, who are you bringing in here and explain to me why it's going to work together? And no, I think I don't think that can be underscored ever because to me it is the most important thing. And, you know, Brad, we've seen staffs here. Listen, Steve Spurrier brought in a bunch of college guys and that's why it didn't work on offense. It was, you know, his kid was a, was a receivers coach and he had a college coach as their line coach. And, you know, it was just the quarterback's coach was from college. Like, it wasn't going to work. He had no clue who to surround himself with. And I remember like one team basically disqualified him from their job because he couldn't answer who would you bring in as a, as assistance. Now. Um, and so I think that that cannot be understated. I think Gibbs was great at that. The first go round of hiring who he did second go round defensive staff was excellent. Offensive staff needed some work. And I think he I mean, relied he a little bit too much. Well, let's say they, the Washington does hire Ben Johnson. Like, we're going to find out how much it hurts the Lions next year. Right. Not right. Like the Eagles. Can they replace him? You know? Right. And I think somebody brought up Hank Fraley. Would he come here as a line coach or, or as an OC? I don't know. I think, you know, you'd have to make sure, like, I could see him being a line coach and an assistant head coach or associate head coach, something like that, to make it different than what he has in Detroit. But I will say, I'm glad that person brought up the O-line position because, to me, after if you're an offensive-minded head coach, your number one hire is the offensive line coach because you're responsible for protections, you're responsible for the run game. The reason why the Cleveland Browns succeeded this year with all those injuries because they have Bill Callahan as a head coach. Uh, they may not have him much longer if he goes and joins his son, but that makes a massive, massive difference. And I think it was a, I think it was, it was something that was not handled as well here. And so. I think that, that, but that is the, you know, that's a big, big deal. Now, Bram, I did, if, if you want to go back to this, I want to go back to this one question, Dr. Wonderful. What do you think of Aaron Glenn as a sleeper candidate? Um, haven't heard you discuss him. I've talked about him a little bit. I don't know as much about him. What I do know is, I mean, their defenses haven't been great in Detroit. However, I'm not going to go based on statistics and all that. It's really what I've heard about him is he is a, a strong leader. And that is why he want to talk to him. Now I am going to have somebody on the podcast next week to talk about both those candidates from Detroit. So I want to learn more about him as well. But what I've heard is, you know, some people I've talked to were a little bit surprised because like you look again, you look at the defense, but I'm going to be consistent with this and say, it's not just about 
what your rankings are, what kind of leader are you, what kind of vision do you have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How about this one? Is there a possibility that Johnson or Morris retain Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator with as much as of what Andy Reid thought of him, he must be doing something right. He also did have an interview with the team. Um, and I would, you know, basically describe that as, I think they should do that, like for a number of reasons. One, he is a viable candidate. And two, I think he's a very good coach. And three, he worked with this roster. Don't you want to talk to him intimately about this locker room, this group of players? Because they have a lot of decisions to make. But do you think, I think if Ben Johnson's the coach, no, I don't think Eric Bieniemy would Not a chance. If they chose a defensive person, Mike McDonald, I don't know. I, I doubt it, but I don't know. I would be surprised. And, you know, now I, I agree with you that, you know, okay, it's fine to interview him. You have to give me a reason why he should stick around. And while somebody says with all that Andy Reid thought of him, the Chiefs were okay letting him go. And, you know, you have to keep all that stuff in mind. And it's, you know, I think it did not work here this past season. We know that. Um, and it's not just because he was tough on them. The offense didn't work. So not putting all the blame on him, but when you're looking at it, like what would be the reason why you'd want to continue with this offense? What would be that reason? You know, also I I would just say this too, in in fairness to him, like, yeah, no, it's not, I think this is like, like, I'll, I'll reiterate. I having watched him for a year, I think he's a very good coach. Like I just, it did not work here for a lot of reasons. And I think some of it was out of his control. Like this was not a great offensive line. This was a young, inexperienced quarterback. Um, You know, was his game management, you know, at issue? Yes. Like he's not without his warts through all this. I mean, for this team to have been the most pass heavy team in the NFL, that doesn't add up, you know, to me. So yeah, he's got his, he's got his warts and clearly communication wise, there was some collaborative things that needed to happen earlier that didn't. And I think things went a little sideways with some of the players clearly, but I do think hard worker attention to detail motivator, very good coach, but like you got to be in the right place at the right time. And in this organization, amid a sale with a coach who's coaching for his job with all of the other things we already described that was going on in the locker room, specifically with the offensive line and the young and experienced quarterback, it just, it was, the ground was too shaky. It, it just was. And for that to have worked out, you know, I think would have been more unlikely than it not particularly working out. But I don't think it's an indictment of him or his ability. In fact, I think he's a very good head, a very good head coaching candidate, very good offensive coordinator, but he needs to be in the right place. That's all. Yeah, he's, he's, he's right place, right time. And frankly, I think he is better served being in a place where they're kind of ready to win and he can push the right buttons. That's, that's how I kind of like, well, I think and that's, that's fine. Him. Yeah, and that's fine, but the offense didn't improve here. And so, yes, 100%. he was put in a bad spot, and I agree with that. Like, or a tough spot where you have a quarterback with one start. All right. And whatever everybody wants to say about Sam Howell, he was a fifth round pick with one start. Like, that's who he was. And, um, you know, in Kansas City, he was not in charge of calling the plays. Like, he, he was a coordinator, he had experience with it, but that's still Andy Reid's show. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to say. And then you come, you know, again, you have to give me a reason why the offense should continue. And there, I don't see it. And it's not even like if they had been, I don't care what 
you know, if players think he's too tough on them, it goes beyond that. The offense didn't improve. And so you like, if his name was again, Bob Smith, are we having this discussion? No, no. we're not. Right. And, and so, you know, I think there are things that he could do well. And I, I thought it was going to be a struggle this year with the offense because of all those factors, but it doesn't mean it should continue. And I think when you're looking at drafting, let's say you go defensive head coach and you could draft a young quarterback. Do you want that young quarterback dropping back 70% of the time? No, listen, I have my gripes, you know, like I, I do. And, um, but you know, I, I really, I, I, I wish him the best. I think. Yeah, no, like I think he's. I think he's a very good professional, detail-oriented football coach. Like he's he's good at his job, and I just think he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But it's just a year, and he took a chance on Washington the way Washington took a chance on him, and all these things are changing. Um, and they might have been changing no matter what the outcome was. You know, I think so. Like we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. All right, I want to yeah. ask you about this because this just yep. came out. Mel Kiper does mock draft one, right? He's got Jaden Daniels going. Yes, he does. What was your What was your reaction to that? Not surprised. Um, I think there's very mixed reactions when I hear from people from about Drake May, and a lot of people go back to what Mel Kiper did too. Jaden Daniels was just better this year than Drake May. Now the question: Who's going to fit what Washington wants to do? Now there's a couple of things like Jaden Daniels, like Drake May is not immobile, but Jaden Daniels has more of that mobility. And when you talk to defensive coaches, the thing they hate to face are quarterbacks like that. And you watch, you know, you watch how defenses have to, they have to play a different style against you because of that. Like when, when Robert was here in 2012, I remember like they got better in the red zone the second half of his year. The numbers were dramatically better. And I remember talking to Shanahan, Mike Shanahan about that. And his point was, I said, well, did he just get better in the red zone? Whatever. He goes, no. Because they were afraid of his running, they started to play only zone in the red zone. So it was much easier for them to design plays to beat that zone. So, like, that's the stuff that, you know, that, or that scares coordinators and helps an offense. But, you know, the trouble I have with all those quarterbacks, Bram, is like when you look at, let's say it's Ben Johnson. Let's say they hire Ben Johnson. Yeah. When I'm watching Jaden Daniels, it's all, it's like mostly RPOs. That's not the Lions' game. Their game is play action, you know, um, physical runs under center. But I don't know, you know, is when I'm watching Drake May, it's a lot of gun, right? So I think all those quarterbacks are going to have that sort of adjustment period if it's Ben Johnson, you know. Um, and I like somebody that we're going to hear the Lamar Jackson. Lamar was a different kind of runner than Jane Daniels. Lamar made dudes miss. Lamar was the was was phenomenal with that. Jaden Daniels, my one concern with him is there's a couple of things. One, um, when he runs, go back and watch the Florida State game. He hurdles the line at the line of scrimmage on a scramble, and he gets drilled. Yeah. Like He's going to have to be very careful when he runs, but he can be really exciting to watch. And so, oh. you know, it's so it's – I don't know. I, I was not surprised, Bram. Now, and I'll just l- wrapping up on this for me, you know, when I talked to people early on, there was a clear uh, – it was Caleb Williams, Drake May, then it was others. Now I'm talking to people, it's like, it's Caleb Williams. And then it's like, you know, which one do you like better? And, you know, a lot of people are going back to, well, Daniels just had the better year this year for whatever reason. And that's the key is to find out why, why did one have a better year than the other? Um, So, but I wasn't surprised by it. I want to go back to this statement. This is from JP and probably not that JP, but a different JP who said, uh, 
I like his ceiling and style of play more than Mays. Daniels is the direction the league is going. I would go on further and say it's the direction the league is in. Um, Off schedule is practically everything in this league right now. Brock Purdy was not supposed to be the quarterback of the 49ers. Trey Lance was supposed to be the quarterback of the 49ers. Here this, here's this highly coordinated scripted offense that was going to take a great athlete that could do off-schedule things. That didn't work out, but that's what they intended to do. Um, Josh Allen is an off-schedule player. Pat Mahomes is an off-schedule player. There are guys who are succeeding, like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and others. So it's not a one-size-fits-all for sure, but... I would go so far as to say that that element of football is almost imperative to give yourself a chance. Um, and the more I've watched of him, and I haven't gotten that far into it because I've been waiting for, I want to meet our new decision makers before I start, you know, diving into all of this stuff. Um, but I have watched more of Jaden Daniels in the last week, you know, just to kind of get a little more familiar with him. I've seen a lot of Caleb Williams starting to get the sense we're not going to be able to get him because I get the sense the Bears are going to take him. So it's Jaden Daniels or Drake May. And the more I'm watching him, I'm with you on the one thing that concerns me at this juncture, and I haven't watched a lot, is he takes too many hits. From the stuff that I saw, he takes too many hits. And you are going to get hurt in the NFL. Like, what? here's the difference between Lamar. Go watch Lamar. He actually doesn't take a lot of hits. Nope. He is really, really good, actually, at protecting shifty. himself. He's very shifty. Allen doesn't do that. And I actually think that he's lucky that he hasn't suffered more injuries for the amount of punishment that he actually brings on himself, like in the games. Daniels is not as big as Josh Allen. He's a smaller guy. And he's going to find out the way RG3 did. You can't outrun all these guys. And they take the right angle, and you don't hit that corner fast enough. You're running into an all-pro linebacker. and I'm what that's my early concern when I watch him is that he's a faster kid and a shiftier kid than the other kids and they can't catch him. Well, in the NFL, that's not the case. And that's what concerns me about him. But when he does sit in the pocket, I've seen him make enough of the big throws in the tight windows that have made me more and more and more go. This guy's got an element that Drake made doesn't. And it's really hard not to see why that's the direction you would end up going. I mean, it's January 23rd. Yeah. I personally am not, I have not settled on like, oh, they should take this guy because there's so much more to learn about both of them. And like, I'm not going to go based on what I saw during the fall, because when you're watching it during the fall, you're watching as a fan, you're not watching to study. Studying means you're going over it. And then you're, then for me, it means also watching it, talking to a lot of people, seeing who fits. And, you know, again, when I watch Ben Johnson's offense, (laughs) to be honest, Bram, the guy who fits it so well, who's also going to be a free agent is Kirk Cousins. (laughs) And I mean, he just does. So, but if you're looking at, at the quarterbacks in the draft, you have to decide which one can you work with and fit into your offense or build something around and make it work because it is, it's, it's just, it's, it's a different, different offense. And you know, I know like, the, going the running be, part. Kirk Cousins has been the sought after free agent quarterback because he's the only viable one available and he's going to get 50 million a year, three years guaranteed, period. Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he really liked, he really liked playing in Washington. So, but, but you're right. All that is true. So then it's like, what can you work with these guys? Like Jane Daniels, people want to know, well, they could teach him to slide. Sure. 
it's hard, but it's not as easy as that. Like, oh yeah, teach them, but you got to do it in a game when guys are coming at you and your instinct takes over. Cause yeah. we've seen that with other quarterbacks. It's very difficult. So, um, you know, I just think it's, but like my, again, my point is it's really early in the process to, for, to sell on it. I just, I just started, I'll be honest, Brian, one of the things I love doing in the off season, get a Saturday morning, get some coffee. Nobody's up yet. Get some jazz on the, on the, on, on, on Alexa and watch some film. And like, that's what I was doing this Saturday. And it's like, you're watching Jade. Now watch a lot of some of Drake may need to watch a lot more before I say like, Oh, this is the guy but there are impressions that you get of them that are going to there, you know, that you like, okay, I like this. I don't yeah. like that. Or I have concerns about that. And you know, the other thing with the other thing with Daniels too, there was some talent that he played with and it's not, it can't be used as a knock against him because Joe Burrow played with a lot of talent. CJ Stroud played with a lot of talent, but you do have to say, okay, you know, where are the, what are the NFL type throws? And that's the thing I want to see is like, there are other games I haven't seen. I haven't seen the Alabama game, the Florida game. I want to see those because he was really good in both of them. So, uh, let me ask you this one before we go: Why no front office cha- changes yet? Good question. I don't know, Tom, because <laughs> because I thought there would be some. I do think that you know, excuse me. I I think this is a very deliberate group, and I it almost it feels like they're trying to get things done kind of one at a time and. Get through this. There's a lot to go on for Adam Peters with the coaching process, the coaching interviews, that it's not as simple as, okay, I'm coming in here. You're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. Because I think you need to get to know some of these people. There are not a lot of people that he can bring from San Francisco. So, and I do know, like, there's some people that I think who are scouts there and all that who might eventually come here, I'm sure. Um, But um, I don't, I haven't heard of him bringing people from there. So you need to get to know some of these people here See who could you keep and who would you might need to move on from while also getting a coach, while also learning the roster, et cetera. So I think it's as much being deliberate about it. Um, so there you go. And here's this. Hi, John. I owe you an apology. I referred to you as a pseudo GM earlier this season because I disagreed with one of your takes. And I just want to publicly apologize and say that you were right. See, I told you you're the GM of the team, John. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Bram, is that your burner account? <laughs> Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you've got that wrong. I think I'm the GM. <laughs> well, well, that's because I'm the pseudo GM. So you can be the real GM. No, I appreciate that, Adam. I'm available if you want me to join the front office. I'm happy to do it I'm, at any moment. I'm happy to. I'm happy to do that for you. Yeah, but I do think like this is this is actually the one thing too. And we're gonna go. We're gonna wrap this up in a minute or two. But the one thing, Bram, is that I would think for fans and you're you know you were born and raised here and people listening to this it's got to be an exciting time because like you hire the number one guy as a GM, there's a very good chance you hire the number one coach. Then you have a number two overall pick. And I know some people are scared to death to draft a quarterback because some guys haven't worked out, but you know, there are tackles who haven't worked out. There are receivers that haven't worked out, but I do think like this has to be an exciting time. Cause this, you talk about a complete transformation, this franchise, Look where look what we were talking about a year ago and look at where it's at now. Think about where it could be in August going into training camp. It just, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm 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 excited about it too. I I'm trying not, you know, I'm I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but this is the first time in a long time that it feels like they're making decisions that are going to be for the benefit of the team to win. 
And I'm really, really excited about it. I'm trying not to, you know, I don't want to put too much expectations on it because I don't know what the roster is going to look like. We don't even know who the coach is going to be. Like there's so much that needs to kind of happen, but there are just so many of these signals that I think we've been waiting for, for a long time. Like just the type of structure, uh, the thinking, the, the, you know, the ability to have group think on this, bring in people who have a lot of great ideas, who've been winners in the past, being open-minded to listening to other people, talking about alignment, collaboration. Nobody's running off in their corner offices, you know, like who's undermining who, you know, I, I really, I feel really where we are in January and let's see what happens over, you know, let's get through free agency in the draft and then head into OTAs and we'll see what the team looks like. And then I'll get a better sense of like, how far away are we from, you know, really putting something out there that starts to contend again, but the early, the early returns are just, they're fantastic, you know, and I'm not even trying to be a homer about it or an employee about it. I, I really am genuinely excited about where this is going. I've also been waiting a long time to feel this way about just the future of the franchise in general. Right. And by the way, and you know, it's funny because I'm putting this quote, this thing up from Dennis says he likes Ben Johnson, but he's going to want Drake May and he's totally against that. We don't know what he's going to want just because, listen, just because you went somewhere doesn't mean that's the guy you're going to, oh, I'm going to take him because he's from North Carolina. He also is going to know a lot about him. And like his, the um, one of the guys who works with Drake May is Clyde Christensen, who, who worked with, with um, Ben Johnson in Miami. So he's going to know a lot about him. That's what you want, someone who knows a lot about him. And if you trust Adam Peters and you trust Ben Johnson because they're the right guys, then you kind of have to trust their pick who they want to play quarterback as well because they're going to have more knowledge than, than all of us will ever hope to have. So, you know, and I'm not even saying he'd be the right pick, but I think until proven otherwise, you're going to have to trust him because if you think he's the right guy, then, you know, you have his part of it is picking the right people and to run your offense and maybe, you know, but I don't like, there's no guarantee that he does that because just because like, Oh, I went to Carolina, this guy did. Okay. It's doesn't, doesn't, if you're going to pin your coaching career on that, way of thinking i think you're in for a short career no. so you have to if they pick him you have to trust like they see and know something about him that makes him a good fit they're here to win everybody's here to win they're going to pick the person they think's given the best chance to win if that's ultimately Jaden daniels they will pick him like that that's yes. that's what's going to happen uh before we go can i just mention one other thing since yes all new 2024. And since we're, you know, offering memberships and things like that, and we're going to offer. Oh, you know, by the way, I, I'm going to cut you off a minute. I'm, people are going to criticize me for doing that. I'm just happy to see that you must have your heat on again this week because you don't have your coat and your and your hat. So that was, so I did want to point that out. I thought you were going to bring that up, but go ahead. It was chilly down here last week. So I wore the hat and I got a lot of, you know what, for it. Anyway, uh, I thought it looked good, but you know, they're giving me a hard time. Anyway, uh, I'm, this, I'm just floating this. I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but since everyone's watching and listening and because, you know, we're doing memberships and all this stuff, I have given consideration to moving at least portions of my radio show, if not the whole thing, onto this channel at a later date, not right at the moment, but at a potential later date. Um, so I don't want to do that unless there's interest in it. Like that's the way I kind of feel about it. So I just thought I would just say that publicly here and you see my handle. And if you want to DM me or tech or tweet me or whatever, and tell me you would, or you wouldn't, or you don't care, or you do care, or please do it. I want the feedback actually, because it is work to do that. And I love where I am on the radio, um, but we could have a video version of it. And I would like to put it on empire media. Um, if my station was up for that, 
but I want to know that people want me to do it and want to see it and all that stuff. So thank you for giving me the platform to say that. There you go. Let's end on that note. Appreciate it. Hey, Brandon, this was another good show. And and we're going to be talking about all this stuff. Hopefully the next time we have a live stream, we're going to be talking about who the coach is and can dig into that. Then, you know, we'll get into all the quarterback stuff for agency. going to be a really interesting off season. So thank everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for your interest in the show, the continued interest in the show and helping this build. And Bram, as always, thank you for joining and sharing your insight. Much appreciated, everyone. I will be back on Thursday with another episode because this coaching thing is not going anywhere. So I'll talk to you next time.